Welcome to the One for the Money podcast. I'm your host, Johnny West. I'm a certified financial planner, and here I will teach you the tips, tricks, and strategies I use to help others retire early. This is the easy button when it comes to early retirement. Everything you want or need to know is right here. I'm so glad you join us on the show. Welcome to episode 52 of the One for the Money podcast. I am so very grateful you've taken the time to listen. This episode is airing in December of 2023. And at this moment, many feel the country and the world are on the brink of challenging times. And many investors wonder if they should get out of the market and wait to invest because a better time may come along in the future. In this episode, I'll share why this is always the wrong strategy. In the tips, tricks, and strategies portion, I will share a tip on why one shouldn't wait to spend their money. Well, thank you for listening. Now on with the show. Whenever a person is about to make a significant investment, be it in the stock market or in real estate, they often wonder if there might be a better time to invest later. This same fear is also gripping the hearts of people who currently have money invested in the stock market, with many wondering if they should get more conservative with their investments, especially since the relatively safe 10-year treasury bonds are paying nearly 5%. The reason for this is many believe we are on the brink of tumultuous times, a recession that was forecast for some time has yet to materialize. There are wars raging in both Europe and the Middle East, the latter of which was precipitated by a horrific terrorist attack on civilians in Israel. And if that's not enough, we have a presidential election occurring next year in which both political parties, likely nominee, have historically low approval ratings. A majority of Americans don't want either one of them to be president. This is causing many to fear about the future, and consequently, many people are afraid to invest or stay invested. And I don't blame them. Losses are incredibly hard to stomach. In fact, losses are twice as impactful for investors than equivalent gains. Studies have shown that a 10% loss hurts twice as much as a 10% gain. But this is a dangerous mindset and one that will not lead to successful investing. For this reason, one should always invest according to one's goals and in alignment with time-tested investment principles. I've shared this Nick Murray quote before, but it's worth sharing again. All successful investing is goal-focused and planning-driven. All failed investing is market-focused and performance-driven. All successful investors are continuously acting on a plan. All failed investors are continually reacting to the markets. Now, let me share how this is done in practice. For longer-term goals, one should have a higher allocation to stocks because stocks over the long-term outperform bonds and throughout history have been the best investment to increase your ability to spend in the future. In short, long-term goals should be funded by higher allocations to stocks. Alternatively, if you have short-term goals, you should invest in conservative investments such as bonds or bond-like instruments as they have a much lower probability of losses. Let me add some data for perspective. Since 1926, 
That's nearly 100 years of data. Bonds were negative just 15 times with an average loss of just 2.4%. Stocks over that same time period were negative 25 times, 10 more times than bonds were. But the average loss was significantly higher at 13.2%. That's why bonds are good for short-term goals. Fewer years with negative returns, and those negative returns were significantly less than what they were for stocks. But here's why we invest in stocks. Since 1926, stocks return between 8 and 10%, whereas bonds only return between 4 and 6. Now, if you invested a dollar in 1926 and earned the bond average of 5%, it would have grown to $113 by 2023. But if that dollar earned the stock market average of 9%, it would be 4269 significantly more. That's why for longer-term goals, we invest in stocks because historically, they give you more to spend in the future when things will cost more. Now, here are some other interesting facts regarding stocks. Over the past nearly 100 years, the U.S. stock market is up nearly 75% of the time. And 60% of the time, those increases are more than 10%. And more than 33% of the time, those increases are more than 20%. And 25% of the time, the markets will be down. So you are more likely to have a gain of 20% in your investments, which has a probability of almost 33%, than to experience a down year, which is 25%. And while all this data is important, it's actually not convincing. As Jeremy Siegel, the professor of finance at Wharton pointed out, fear incites human action far more urgently than does the impressive weight of historical evidence. Whether you are waiting to get into the market or wanting to get out of the market, both for fear that the market may go lower in the future, this perspective regarding investing is wrong. The mentality of waiting for the right time means emotions are driving your investment philosophy, which always leads to danger and makes one over-reliant on forecasts regarding the future, which no one not even Nostradamus, can reliably predict. Warren Buffett, as he often does, said it best. We've long felt that the only value of stock forecasters is to make fortune tellers look good. Even now, we continue to believe that short-term market forecasts are poison and should be kept locked up in a safe place, away from children and also from grown-ups who behave in the market like children. So good. So why is this so dangerous? Because what many investors don't realize is that during these scary times, that's where the real money is made. If all hell broke loose and things got a lot worse, history has shown that those that stayed invested and purchased stocks did the best. Counterintuitively, as an investor with long-term goals, you actually want things to get a lot worse in the short term because that is where the money is really made. But of course, we don't want that at the expense of tragedy or the loss of human life. The investor Keith Fitzgerald, who has made over 3,000 appearances on Forbes, Fox, BBC, Bloomberg, and the like, and is considered one of the world's leading experts on global investing, said this, history shows very clearly that chaos is a catalyst for innovation, fresh solutions, 
a new path to success. Not for nothing, but TV, nylon, and the electric guitar were all developed during the Great Depression. Investors who stayed in the game did very, very well. Now, Charlie Munger, who is Warren Buffett's less-known business partner at Berkshire Hathaway, had this to say about investors. If you're not willing to react with equanimity to a market price decline of 50%, two or three times a century, you're not fit to be a common shareholder and you deserve the mediocre result you're going to get. That's a really strong statement, but one that's been proven true. And the last few years have offered a few examples. Back in 2020, with the global pandemic shutting the world down, we had the fastest bear market, which is more than a 20% drop. And it took just 16 days for that to happen. And the markets dropped further still, all the way down to a 34% drop. But only a short time later, the stock market rocketed higher with the fastest 50-day rally in history and later still with one of the fastest 100-day rallies in history. The stock market was down 34% during the year, but by the end of the year, it was up over 16%. So from the bottom to the top of the market, it was a 50% increase. But it was those that reacted to the losses that really were impacted financially. Fidelity manages over $4 trillion, and they found that close to one-third of their investors over the age of 65 sold all of their stocks during the coronavirus meltdown. So one-third of their investors over 65 sold all of their stocks. Now, unfortunately, because they sold, their investments missed out on these significant rallies to the upside. And here's a great quote from the Wall Street Journal article at that time. People tend to sell after an economic downturn is already priced in equity markets. By selling at that time, investors are locking in their losses. Now, many believe we are due for recession, and they will be right eventually. But there's just isn't a way to know when it'll occur or to what magnitude, or let alone its impact on the stock market. What we do know is that succumbing to these fears is detrimental to building wealth and early retirement. For clients in or near retirement, this is why we have the next few years of distributions invested incredibly conservatively. For those seven or more years from retirement, now is the time to keep buying on a periodic basis and not selling. Now, selling leads to realized losses and missed out gains. Trust me, I know from personal experience because years and years ago, I succumbed to the fear and sold an investment and still rue the consequences today. To be candid, it is still a rather painful experience, financially speaking, of course, but I believe you'll benefit from the story. Now, I've shared it previously, but it bears repeating when one is tempted to sell. Years ago, I purchased the stock of an athletic apparel company. Back in the mid-2000s, my cousin in Canada told me about this great company that started in Vancouver that was exploding in popularity. A short time later, I learned that they were publicly traded, and since my wife had a few items from their company and loved them, I purchased some stock at $20 a share and later sold for $30, a 50% profit. However, during the 2008 financial crisis, when the stock markets were imploding, I purchased some shares of the company at around just $7 a share, a huge discount from before. But a short time later, the stock dropped further to nearly $3.50 per share. My investments were down 50%, and I got scared, and I didn't want to lose more, so I foolishly sold, thereby guaranteeing my losses. Now, here's where it gets painful. Just how much has the stock price appreciated since the time I sold? Well, as of the date of this recording, November 14th, 2023, the price of the stock that I sold at $3.50 per share 
is now worth over $425 per share. That's an increase of over 11,000%. Yes, you heard that right. 11,000% from $3.50 to over 425. That really hurts. Now, sure, I used the proceeds of my sale later to invest in some tech companies that worked out decent for me. But emotional selling for me, like it always is for everyone, was a massive mistake. Of course, I should note that I now invest a lot differently than I did back then and invest in well-diversified, low-cost ETFs and mutual funds, but my sad story adequately illustrates the mistake of selling. Now, there's an old proverb that goes like this. In bear markets, stocks return to their rightful owners. Now, when I sold that yoga apparel company stock, someone else was on the other side of the stock exchange buying it from me. They may still own it today. And they became the rightful owners of that company. And sadly, not me. But it's not just me, as many investors have done and do the same. In J.P. Morgan's both fabulous and free investment resource entitled The Guide to the Markets, it highlights the 20-year annualized returns by different asset classes and compares this to the average investor, which they define based on analysis conducted by Dalbar Incorporated. They analyzed the inflows and outflows into mutual funds, And no surprise, there were large inflows near market highs and large outflows near market lows because too many people invest emotionally. Now, the reason why the average investor so significantly underperforms the stock market is because they let their emotions get the best of them. As I shared, I can sadly relate. Another great quote by Nick Murray on this when he said, wealth isn't primarily determined by investment performance, but rather investment behavior. Now, some don't succumb to the fear of a down market, but rather delusion, believing that they can correctly time the markets and know when to sell and when to get back in. But two of the most successful investors in history, Jack Bogle, founder of Vanguard, and Warren Buffett, said they have never met anyone that can correctly time the markets. And in fact, Warren Buffett once said that he's never been able to time the market but that it worked out really well for him. He's worth over $80 billion. Now, the famous investor Peter Lynch explained the fool's errand of market timing best when he said, more people lost money waiting for corrections and anticipating corrections than the actual corrections themselves. Years ago, I attended a seminar by an advisor who claimed that he could time the market. You may have heard him on the radio. I learned later that they use a measure called the 200 moving day average. And when the stock market goes up or down by a certain percentage from that average, they respectively buy and sell. But in reality, it doesn't work. Because if it did, every manager in the world would do it. It really is more of a marketing gimmick to get people to call that advisor so they can manage their money because nothing motivates people like fear. But again, they can't time the market because No one has a crystal ball. And another equally fabulous and equally free resource from J.P. Morgan entitled Guide to Retirement, it highlights the perils of trying to time the market and why it doesn't work. And it uses data from the S&P 500, which is 500 of the largest publicly traded stocks in the United States. And it shows what the performance of $10,000 invested between January 1st, 2002 and December 31st, 2021. Now, that is approximately 5,000 trading days. And if you're invested for all 5,000 trading days during that time period, your $10,000 investment 
would have grown to over $61,000. But if you would have missed just the best 10 days out of those 5,000, you only missed 0.2% of the days. You were invested for 99.8% of the days. Your investment, instead of being up over 61,000, would only be up just over $28,000. And if you missed the best 20 days, your investment, instead of being up just over 61,000, would be up only 16,000 or just over that. You know, so if you would have missed these days, you would have had a much lower investment. So take it from me, Warren Buffett and Jack Bogle. If you have long-term goals, well, you need to invest and continue to stay invested. Every investor needs to have an investment plan that aligns their investments with their goals, and that can get them through these challenging times in the market. They should also be ensuring they are maximizing their corporate benefits and mitigating taxes to help ensure that they are making the most of their opportunities so they can retire early or earlier. If you don't have a plan or have one and want an assessment, feel free to schedule a complimentary meeting with me by going to betterplanningbetterlife.com and click on the contact page. Well, thank you again for listening, and I hope you found this helpful. Now on to the tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast. Welcome to today's tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast, where I will share my third tip from the book, Die With Zero, that was written by Bill Perkins. In the book, Mr. Perkins notes that your life is a sum of your experiences. And so to maximize your life, you need to maximize your experiences. Memories are investment in our future selves. And buying an experience just doesn't buy you the experience itself. It also buys you the sum of all the dividends that experience will bring for the rest of your life. Consequently, we need to make the most of whatever health you have at every point in your lifetime. Therefore, you will need to spend more in your 50s than in your 60s and more in your 60s than in your 70s, let alone your 80s and 90s. All told, you should be investing and spending according to a plan so you could have even more experiences. Again, I hope you found this helpful. And remember, a better life is a result of better experiences that are a result of better planning. Have a great one. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that no one builds wealth by accident. If you want to learn more about how to build wealth to retire early, head on over to my website at betterplanningbetterlife.com. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. Johnny West is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.